You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Braveman. Today, I'm sitting down with John Farragon to talk about some recent data that the CDC published on HIV demographics for 2021. Welcome again, John. Yeah, thanks, Mariana. Glad to be here. So, John, can you tell us about this CDC data that was recently released? Yeah. So, so Marianne, basically, I think I think you, we we know we've been doing these for a couple of years now. We, I think we know this, but the the CDC usually releases data every year about new infections and and some of the trends what's actually happening, who's acquiring HIV, and a lot of this is based on age, race, race sex categories, etc. So, it's it's a it's kind of a lot to tackle. But what I did was I, I kind of reviewed some of the highlights from the CDC website um, on on this topic for 2021. So. Um, a couple things. So I think first is the number of new infections. This is important. And I think um, that number for 2021 was 35,769. So if we look at that compared to the 2020 data, which was 30,335, that number is an 18% increase from 2020 to 2021. So people might say, oh my God, that's, that's terrible. It's an 18% increase. But you have to remember that the 30,335 that we collected in 2020 that was 17% lower from 2019. And a lot of that was actually due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Disruptions in HIV services, we had issues with trying to get reagents for HIV testing. There was a lot of different reasons. So uh, so if you look at this 18% increase in 2021, it's, it's, it's also thought in some part to be related to misdiagnoses in 2020. So, so the numbers, if you compare like 2019, um, uh, out to like 2021, the numbers are very similar with a slight reduction. So they're pretty much about the same, which was roughly about 36,000 new infections. And, and I think what this tells us, at least in my mind, is that we still have a lot of work to do. So we didn't see this large reduction in uh, in, in HIV in, infections. And I don't know if the pandemic didn't happen, if we would have saw more, more people on PrEP and maybe would've, we would have saw less, you know, less new infections, but pretty much that number has been around 36,000. Um, when you, you know, when you would take into account the, that reduction in data from 2020 during the pandemic. So if you look at some trends, I like compared to 2017 uh, in 2021, there's a reduction in new infections among persons who are 13 to 24 and also 45 to 54 year olds. Now, this 13 to 24 year old has always been a, a big problem. And meaning that when I say problem, if you look at the number of new infections, there's always a significant proportion of people who come from that 13 to 24 and that 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 both the 13 to 24 year olds and also the 45 to 54 year olds 
both had almost a 20% reduction in new infections. It was around 17% for both of those groups. So those who are over 55 experienced a 10% reductions, and then the 25 to 34 and 35 to 44 remained stable. So the key point here is that in adolescents and, and young adults, 13 to 24, um, we're, we made, a, a, I think, a, a, some headway in reducing the number of new infections. So that's actually some really good news out of this 2021 data. So the other thing, too, they also look at, Mariana, is by risk category. So what we want to know is what's the risk that patients are putting down? Like when you ask patients here who are newly infected, you know, what is your risk for, for acquiring HIV? Was it, were you, were you, are you a man having sex with men? Did you inject drugs? Are you heterosexual who had sex with a female, et cetera? So as usual, which is typical of, of most of the data over these last many years, about two-thirds of the patients are accounting for new infections who are reporting that are identifying at least as, as male-to-male sexual contact as their risk for, for, for how they acquired HIV. And that was, was around 24,000 new infections in 2021. And if we look at males who inject drugs, that was about 4%, about 1,400 people, and another 4%, about 1,375 who identified as both being men who have sex with men and also who inject drugs as, as their risk. And, and clearly for females, the biggest risk is obviously going to be for heterosexual contact. That was about 15% of new infections, which is, counts for about 5,500 new infections. And 3% uh, of females, about 1,000 identified IDU as, as a risk. So main point here, Ariana, is that you know, while we have made a reduction in 13 to 24-year-olds and 45 to 54-year-olds, there's still work to be done in 25 to 34 and 35 to 44. Those are assuming stable, and we would like to see those numbers come down. But clearly, the biggest risk category that patients identify is, is men who have sex with men. So male-to-male sexual contact as the main risk or, or main risk category uh, for, for, for HIV risk. And then finally, Mariana, just in this section by, by race and ethnicity, there was a 10% reduction in new infections among Black African-American populations. However, still um, concerning trends in some of the native Hawaiian, Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander and also the American Indian and Alaskan native numbers where there was 55% and 16% increases reported from 2017 to 2021. So just in the, in the native Hawaiian other Pacific Islander group, was a 55% increase for American Indian, Alaska Native, it was 16%. So in, in those populations, I think, again, we need to start to, you know, again, make headway in trying to get patients on PrEP and making sure that they're aware of HIV prevention strategies. And certainly in the Black African-American populations, a large proportion of, of, of patients are newly infected in that group. But a 10% reduction, while encouraging, really is, I think, is nowhere near where we want to be for, for reductions in new infections if we're going to meet these EHE goals that, that we have um, have for us in, for, for 2030. So again, a lot of work to be done still with PrEP, getting the right patients on and making sure that we're meeting our EHE plan, plan numbers. And as it relates to some of our ending the HIV epidemic plan or EHE plan, what were some of the numbers that were released? Yeah, so so I think this helps us to kind of look at some of the some of the key pieces. Now remember we have you know, we basically have, you know, um, you know, our, our main piece is obviously prevention, right? Prevent and treat and obviously, you know, responding um, and also, you know, trying to trying to get people identified too is a big piece. But but if you look at diagnoses, 82% of people with HIV diagnosed during 2021 were linked to care within one month of diagnosis. And interestingly, no demographic group or group by transmission category 
met the 95% EHE target for linkage to care within one month. So this 82%, while it sounds good, we really, really want to get at least 90% or even better of those patients linked to therapy as soon as possible. And that's not happening for a lot of people. So that kind of concerns me, at least as a pharmacist, as somebody who's a healthcare professional, knowing what we've done for HIV for, for rapid start and to get people linked as soon as possible, I would think those numbers would be better. But only 82% of people who were diagnosed in 2021, of those 36,000 plus patients, were linked within one month. So I think we have to really work hard for that. If you look at the highest rate of linkage, it was in Asian persons. Uh, within one month, uh, Native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islander was 80%, Black African American, 80%, women who inject drugs, 77%, and men who inject drugs, 74%. Um, so, so the women who inject drugs and also men who inject drugs had the lowest rates of, of linkage within that one month. But even 80%, right, in Black African American persons, when we know there's such a huge proportion of patients who, who are identified as living with HIV uh, in, the, in those communities, only 80% are actually linked within one month. So I, I think we just have a lot of work to do still in some of the areas where uh, where new infections are happening and we're not getting people linked as soon as possible. Marianne, another key part of our EHE plan is viral suppression, right? And it's a key factor in the plan. And the proportion of people with diagnosed HIV who were suppressed due to effective treatment was slightly higher in 2021 than in 2017. It was up from 63% to 66%, but still, only two thirds of our patients, if you look at um, who are virologically suppressed, are, 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 have gotten there. And I think the data does not directly compare uh, due to some reporting differences, but the lowest percentage of viral suppression were men, one who, men who inject drugs, only 53%, Black African American persons, 62%, 25 to 34 year olds, 64%, and those aged 35 to 44, it goes up a little bit. 64% of women also 64%. So again, all of these numbers across the board are all less than less than two thirds. So, so basically only about only at, at most, you're getting just under two thirds of patients virologically suppressed uh, in 2021 compared to 2017. So again, a lot of work to do, right? I think in, in making sure that we get people, people virologically suppressed, such a key point of what we try to do is get people on therapy and have them maintain their treatment. Um, and it also makes me question, some of the numbers that we sometimes hear about patients' clinics and the patient people will say, oh, you know, I have 90% of my patients undetectable. And, you know, but I, I wonder in some of these inner city populations and some of these places where there's, um, where there's less, um, less resources, I think, you know, are we actually re reaching those numbers in, 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 real, in, in real life? And, and are we counting enough of the patients who are kind of in the denominator to make sure that we're, we're capturing those patients to make sure we have accurate viral suppression rates? Prevention is another key piece, right? And I'm making sure the patients are on PrEP. And if you look at each data on PrEP coverage, um, shows that in 2021, 30% of the 1.2 million persons who are eligible for PrEP are actually prescribed it. That was compared to 13% in 2017. So really a huge difference in 2017. But again, still low PrEP coverage. And it's lowest among the Black African-American persons, which is 11%, women 12%. And then persons aged 16 to 24 is around 20%. So I think we all realize that even from data from CROI, that the rollout of, uh, and uptake of PrEP in many communities is nowhere where it needs to be, especially in Black, African-American and Latinx communities. And I think that's going to be a big challenge for us uh, in the future is getting those patients on PrEP. And now that we have injectable PrEP, we may potentially, it may potentially make a big difference. I don't know um, for some patients. But the percentage of HIV diagnosis was highest among gay and bisexual other men who have sex with men. We said that already, 67%. But again, Black African-American persons, it was 
25 to 34 was about 30%, and people in the South um, was 14.7%. So as it relates to IV drug use, um, you know, the um, white persons accounted for clearly for almost half of all the HIV diagnosis attributed to HIV drug use. And as it relates to HIV uh, and in the HIV epidemic, if you look at transgender women, uh, 25% increase in transgender women and over half of all diagnosis still is, still is occurring in, in the South. So when we look at, um, at the South, 52%, if you look at all the different areas and all the different um, groups that we're looking at, 52% of all new HIV diagnoses are coming from the South. So again, more, uh, more to address there as well as, as, as we move forward. So John, what exactly does this all mean? That was a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, right. So a lot of data, right? But I think it's um, I think, I think I would say a couple things. You know, there, there's uh, in my mind, there's there's not been a huge difference in new infections. I think that's the most important piece. Despite all of our prevention efforts around the HE and prep rollout, you know, we discussed that there's new methods for prep, like injections being available. So maybe in the next few years we'll have additional prep options, like longer acting injections. We may see some reductions in new infections, but time will tell. But we need to really encourage people to get tested and continue to test people. And then, and then also the, the um, and also uh, identifying patients and, and getting them on treatment for who are, who identify uh, for per persons with HIV. I think PrEP in some of our key communities will hopefully, hopefully make a larger dent in new infections. And as for some regions, I think the South is accounting for over half of new infections is a challenge um, as well uh, that will need some attention. I think for all of us who are involved in this work, I think we need to continue to work hard to do our best to get people identified and linked. And over time, I do think that we'll, our, our efforts will pay off, but it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be a lot of different disciplines and a lot of different strategies to kind of meet some of these EHE goals. But I think the most important one is, is identifying people, getting people on PrEP, and then reducing the number of, in, of infections in some of the, in some of the hard hit communities that, that, we, that we're certainly aware of from some of this data from the CDC. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about this recent data from the CDC and what it all means for HIV care providers and the HIV community. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about NECA AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.necaatc.org. That's www.necaatc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.